Now on Food FM, it's a new series with Arthur Potts Dawson, The Coffee Table. First of all, a word from our sponsors. Founded in 1927 by Giuseppe and Bruno Bambi, La Mazzocco had its beginnings in Florence, Italy, birthplace of the Italian Renaissance. It seems only fitting that La Mazzocco would earn a world-renowned reputation for making beautiful, high-quality, superbly crafted and uniquely designed espresso machines with great attention to detail. Even today, highly specialised personnel supervise each stage in the production of every single machine, handcrafted to order for each and every client, from the kitchen counter to the speciality coffee bar. The Coffee Table on Food FM with La Mazzocco. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hi, this is Food FM. Welcome to the coffee table. My name is Arthur Potts Dawson. I'm very lucky to continually have Marco Arrigo here to talk about coffee. And today I've got the most difficult task of trying to understand what an espresso is. And Marco's going to give me the full rundown. Now, Marco, espresso, although it's a, a small cup of coffee, it's a big deal, right? I mean, how long have you got? It's, it's, it's one of these things that, to explain the complexities of a tiny thing like an espresso, the alchemy of it and everything that goes into it and what is and isn't an espresso, is a massive, massive, massive conversation. I think there's 1,600 variables that go into making one espresso. And it comes from the second you plant the seed to where you planted the seed and when the seed gets water and when you decide to pick it and what you do with it after you pick it and what you do with the, taking the skin off it, whether you go wet or dry process, which fundamentally changes the complete flavour of the coffee at that initial point i mean how far back in the process is that so we're going from what is in a cup of coffee all the way back to the seed and the soil but but marco tell me what is an espresso coffee i mean you can't get to that point it's not just what do you do to a coffee bean at that point that takes it in this direction or that direction whether you make a filter or espresso you have to start thinking about the espresso way 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 back you know almost when you decided to how you were going to dry the the husk off the bean So you can't just sort of pick up coffee and say, all right, let's dark roast it and let's grind it very fine and just call it espresso. Is it balanced? And and balance is everything because the coffee machine, if you look at it, it's it's an amplifier. It might as well say Marshall right across it Mm. because whatever I put into it is exploded out the other end and it may not be balanced. So if it's not balanced what you put in, it certainly won't be what comes out. And sometimes you know what it's like if you maybe put stuff away, I know that um, Colbrook Row um, have vintage cocktails that they put away for a year. But if you actually make the cocktail correctly, if you make the cosmopolitan correctly, it's disgusting after a year. So you actually almost got to make it wrong mm. so that it comes out right. And that's almost where we are with espresso. You have to put in something so nerdily balanced at one end that it comes out balanced at the other end. The espresso obviously comes from a good coffee bean, but you're talking about its heritage, where it's come from, how far it's travelled, how old it is, how it's been roasted. So you design an espresso before you even grind it, is that right? Yeah, I mean, we're jumping around, you know, to the to the harvest, to the processing, to the bean, to the degree of roasting, to the grind. And that's the confusing thing about espresso. But if you follow it through from the beginning, like, you know, like we started in the processing, there's this point it comes to that I think is fundamental, was whether you, t- to, to get the skin off the bean, you have to either do it with a dry method or a wet method. And it just really depends where you are. I mean, if you're in Africa, it's kind of difficult to do the wet methods in some places. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's very much more South 
American countries and where they've got access to water and, and uh, you, you know you can't just chuck this water in a river after because it's very acidic and you've got to be able to treat it and store it and handle it correctly and, but the difference between doing this and wet or dry is a massive difference in the crema in the espresso and so if you go down the dry route where you just put the beans in the sun and they go black and the, the outside, this is the same process that's done to pepper. All, all pepper is green, really. And uh, white pepper is pepper that's been wet processed and black pepper is pepper that's been dry processed. And the dry processing means you chuck it in the sun and it goes all wrinkly and that's how you get the skin off it. But the wet process, you chuck it in water and it travels down a long trough. And the, the coffee, when it's perfect, is buoyant. It's, it's neutrally buoyant, so it just sits in the middle. But when it's dry and dead, it floats, so it's easy to skim off. And when it's underripe and heavy and stones, they all sink to the bottom and, and they fall into riffles. Mm. And so if you have a very long sleuth, all, only the good coffee comes out the other end. And so you have to start back then. And, you know, if you use a, a, a wet processed coffee, you get a little bit better crema. In a very high quality Arabica, you, you have heavy oils. And oil, the oils are an inhibitor to the crema on the espresso. That, uh, it's like when you have a bubble bath and then you get a bar of soap and you're, in two minutes you're lying there like a na naked idiot because it just broke the surface tension of all the bubbles and that's what the oil does to the crema. Mm -hmm. So when you have a high quality espresso, it's harder to get good crema. You have all these sort of anecdotes from Italy about standing a screwdriver up in it, you know, and how, how good's the crema, oh, you should be able to put the sugar and it should stay 25 minutes and yeah with robusta crema because it's low in oil and it's very very strong but not good quality arabica crema mm. for that you need to use 80 percent of a wet processed coffee to achieve that so it, you can see how complex this is i have to go back to before they put it in a bag no it's seriously complex you know. marco and but the, the good thing about this is that we want people who are listening to this uh, the coffee table is mm. you know they've obviously turned to the coffee table because it's got good information about how to understand coffee where it comes from the processes mm. and you know in my early Early question to you on this episode is what's an espresso mm. I can't answer or that you can't even answer that no, I mean you, you've got no, into it? such depth but let's take you through the process because ultimately what we really need to do is is to make a cup of coffee which they call an espresso mm. now I had a, a meal the other day and one of the waitresses walked up at the end of the meal and said would you like an espresso and they said yeah double or single and I said to her in Italy, they look at me like, you know, uh, you can't tell me it's a double espresso because the espresso is only double in Italy. And, um, you know, is that right? Is there a single espresso, a double espresso? Is it only a UK thing? Um, and espresso is, is quite a thing to order after a meal. Mm -hmm. And should we be drinking an espresso after a meal? So, you know, there's loads of questions to ask just about this simple cup of coffee. I've gone, you know, double espresso is a problem because it's, it's like me saying, do you want a double tea? Do you want tea or a double tea? It's, it's nonsensical. It has, it, it's because it's happened because the cups, the paper cups came from America and they were bloody huge. Mm. And you start putting single espressos in the bottom of that, it, it just disappears with that 16 million pints of milk that goes on top of it and you lose it completely. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, the double espresso had to exist for the coffee to be able to fight back. We don't have a market until the coffee gets stronger. As you notice, you start a market in its infancy with this milk like babies mm. and we wean ourselves into a stronger drink you suddenly start drinking flat whites and piccolos and your milk gets, mm. starts getting smaller and we end up I wanted to do about six years ago just a macchiato bar you know sometimes when I do events I, I can't be asked to carry five million litres of bloody milk across a field so I end up just saying look it's macchiato 
macchiato, espresso and macchiato, and I think it covers everything, mm. you know. And if they ask me for a latte, I just make him a bigger one, you know. And I think it needs to be as simplistic as that. And people don't mind. I think we have this fear that the customer wants this, the customer wants that. The cu- no, the customer will have what you're making, you know. This is what I do. They've got, they'll, they'll, they'll take what you've got. Yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. There's plenty of choice. If you want a skinny latte, love, there's 25 places within a minute's walk from me. Mm. So you don't, why does everyone need to have the same? It's like Camden. Yeah. Everyone's got the same stuff. Yeah. But, but Marco, look, let, let's talk espresso because, you know, what is an espresso coffee? Now, I know you want to go back and talk about coffee that's been washed and floats and stones falling away and it's roasted this and it's roasted that. But, you know, to make a good cup of espresso coffee, what does it wanna, take? You want to start with a blender coffee then. Okay. You don't want to start with what we took to make a blender coffee. Right. And just the importance of that is that we can't skip this point. This, this, this speciality coffee, which is more single origin coffee, which is more lightly roasted for a longer extraction. And then there's Italian blend, which is a darker roasted coffee that is doing the same thing as speciality. I think we can't get to making an espresso until you really understand what, what, what we're trying to do. And Italian blend... The coffee changes from January to December, and in February, a bean that is very sweet from Honduras, we can't get any more, so we have to supplement it with a bean from Africa that's similar, okay? So we're making this stock, we're making this minestrone, and halfway through the year, I can't get my hands on the sweet corn, so I have to put peas in to give it the same sweetness, but for people not to notice, do you know what I mean? So that's what a blend is. A blend is trying to be the same every single day of the week, and that's what you're paying for, is this consistency. Speciality coffee is more exploratory. It's about reaching higher, tasting higher quality coffees in smaller doses and probably doing a longer extraction as the length of flavours are very different. When you take that beautiful high quality speciality coffee and you stick it in the espresso machine which amplifies it, you suddenly get very fruity or sour and very unbalanced things because it wasn't balanced when it when in the beginning. Whereas the Italian blend was thinking about that from day one, the speciality was just trying to get the best out of the bean. Whereas the Italians were trying to make the beans work as a team, you know? Mm. And they're two different things. And for people to sort of slag one off against the other which has been happening a lot it just shows the fact they don't understand the other mm-hmm. and this is what happened in the industry the, 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 the speciality coffee took the Italian roast and stuck it in a Chemex and spat it on the floor and the Italians took the speciality coffee and stuck it in the espresso machine and spat it on the floor and only now I think the two have come together where the, I think the speciality has got a lot more balanced and consistent for what we're about to do and the Italian blend has moved away maybe a little bit from robustas and, and very, very dark roast, which, of course, was you know, old-fashioned and doesn't have much shelf life. But if you go now, we have to start at the grinder. We start with the bean. The bean isn't something I just took out the fridge. You know, people in this country are putting the beans in the bloody fridge and things like this. And I understand why coffee companies tell you to do this, because if I'm a coffee company and I've got customers all around the globe, in Africa, in India, in Australia, and countries where it's 50 degrees, probably best you put your coffee in the fridge. Mm. But in Lewisham, I wouldn't worry about it. Mm. You know, stick it, you want it in a cool, dry place. You don't want water to come near it. It's hydroscopic. Mm. It absorbs smell. If you've got a huge kilo of gorgonzola in your fridge and it stinks, 
put a kilo of coffee in there, it'll absorb all that smell. Mm. But then I wouldn't eat the coffee. I wouldn't drink the coffee. Mm. And also, we're, we're going straight into a grinder. Mm. The last portion of roasting, when that bean is roasting, is drying. And it, the oils get sunk into the cell walls. Like, and it finishes like varnish. It dries like varnish, and it makes the bean brittle. Mm. And it's only when you achieve this level of brittleness that you put it into the grinder, and you get a really consistent powder that we can make this emulsion out of. We can extract the oils like mayonnaise, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you take the beans out the, out the fridge and stick them in the grinder, you might as well put chewing gum through the grinder. It's not, you're gonna get a massive variation in, in particle size, you know, 30 microns to 3,000 to 300 microns. You know. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927. So, so we're starting with the bean, uh, Marco. I can see I've got a number of uh, bags of coffee here. And let's just say I can see coffee written on the side of it with espresso underneath. And let's say that we, we've had this packet delivered to us. It's an espresso blend of beans that have not been ground. And we're going to put them, put them through a grinder. What, um, what are we expecting then? So this is someone has, has blended this espresso for us. And, and this, is, this espresso blend is actually yours. So you've kind of perfected what this is, right? So, you know, let's say that um, you've got this blended amount of coffee beans. And when you say a blend... That means that they're the same coffee variety, but they're just from different places around the world. Is that right? Yeah, you, you, so I come up with a nice blend. You, you've got to start with with a backbone. You need a skeleton. You need to build a skeleton. And you start with a backbone, which is a Brazil or an India, and something quite strong and bold and powerful and can hold up all the meat, really. And then you start sticking on, you know, maybe a Colombian in the middle. You know, you have a good, nice, solid blend. You do a nice, solid, everyday, cheapy blend for, for all the customers. You want something solid that takes a lot of milk. You do a 50% Brazil, mm. Colombia kind of blend. Mm. And that's a good, steady start. And then you want to get into something a little bit nicer. You start going, okay, 50% Brazil, 25% Colombia. Maybe I'll put 25% of a nice Kenya, something expensive, Rwanda. Uh, you know something beautiful like that and you give it all the flowery richness and s smell Colombia and, and and you pick it up and so you have these different elements that the different beans give you and you put you, you make your put your punch bowl really you know and then you're trying to make a strong blend that you can produce all year round you know? but Marco this sounds a little bit like blending wine because you know you go to a really good winemaker and yeah sure they've got the bulk of their wine made but then they'll probably bring in other flavors sometimes they'll bring in a little bit of this maybe a little bit of spice a little bit of chili something to get that that wine taste it sounds just like wine taste and wine blending everyone brings up flipping wine when they talk about i always get a smart ass sommelier at the front of the coffee class going hey i'm a sommelier i'm a sommelier and always, i always got to put them down and go well you've only got 300 volatile aromas in wine and we've got 900 in coffee try and keep up some you know 900 and, volatile yeah, flavors wow this is complicated and it's got to be delivered at a temperature yeah. you know that yeah, as yeah. a chef you've yeah. got to put it down at the right temperature yeah, or it yeah. comes back yeah. you know it comes back no a cold espresso is awful it comes back you know yeah. and that's, well, that's the worst thing is yeah. something comes back because yeah. it's cold of all yeah. things you yeah. cooked that scallop beautifully but it came back because it was cold you know yeah, yeah. No, so good, you, no you can't okay it. so we've got the blend so we've got the beans uh, we're not going to go into exactly what's in the blend but what we are going to do is that it's been blended 
for the customer to make a really good espresso from it. And roast it. And the roast is a darker roast here. Okay. This is the most important thing. There's rules in coffee that people keep breaking and being quite surprised that they got a bad coffee. You know, when I, I read the first sort of coffee magazines, when the early, early start of speciality, and they were like putting Italian blends into a Chemex and saying, saying it was awful. I wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's, it's, you know, it's like you know, dropping foie gras in a deep fat fryer. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. You know, it's no. just one you don't do. Okay, and so the roast and understanding. The roasting, yeah. So you've got to have this dark roast and dark roast. Um, the American chains went too far with that. And they, they started realizing that they were roasting off bad flavors or caffeine. And they started buying cheaper coffees and over roasting them to disguise it. Mm. As if you over roast a piece of meat, you can disguise its quality mm. in the fridge, mm. in, in the oven, you know. And so the, don't be put against this darker roast. I think the roasts are getting, the Italian roasts are getting lighter. And I think the speciality roasts are getting darker. Mm. So I constantly see the two sides meeting a little bit more in the middle. So what would you say then from your experience so we know that we've got the blend right we know that it's come from different parts of the world um now the roast is that medium dark how far do you take the roast i like a medium myself okay. i'm not a you know the different parts of the world are gonna you know south of italy turkey greece israel are gonna want a dark roast mm. coffee but they're gonna drink it small and this is what i'm talking about the rules there's rules if you the the, the bigger the cup the lighter the roast the faster the extraction the longer the coffee lasts because when you light roast, it gives it more life. The darker the coffee, the smaller the extraction, the slower the, 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 you know, the, slower the extraction, and the higher the pressure, because you know, you, high, high, high pressure is off the espresso machine. That's mm. nine bar pressure, 900 PSI coming out of that machine. That's why I always laugh when they say, oh, I just had an espresso from my AeroPress. And you go, well, unless you've pushed it down at 9,000 PSI, you ain't made an espresso, you know? Um, the mocha pot is not an espresso. It's only one bar pressure, it's a mm. thousand PSI, nowhere near the, the, the kind of bar we need. Mm. So something magical happens to coffee, this, this emulsion, this is oil, that is water. You know we can't blend oil and water, we have to make an emulsion, mm. we have to make coffee mayonnaise. Mm. So I can put my oil, I, I, we, we, we roast the bream to make it brittle, we put it through the grinder to uh, to increase the surface area, to expose the oil. We pack it into a handle and we tamp it. And it's that tamping, that pressing, that 50 kilos per square inch of pressing that we do that gives that little bit of resistance. And what does resistance do? It makes flavor. The fillet steak doesn't have any flavor, but that bit of rump that works hard and is under pressure, mm. that's, that's flavor. When you, you get a truffle from China, mm. it's got no flavor, it grows in sand. Mm. You get a truffle from Alba, it grows between two bloody rocks, and it has flavor, mm. you know? And so pressure is flavor for us. So we've got the blend right, we've got the roast right, we've got the brittle beans, and you're talking now, Marco, about giving them a good grind. Um, now, we are talking about grinding coffee beans here. You know, maybe you can or you can't do this at home. But the uh, idea is, is that we, we're just going to grind it and talk to you about how we grind it. So we've got the beans. They've been roasted beautifully. Marco, what do we do then to, uh, to grind it? Just a medium, it's a, just a medium roast. It's, look, I've got a professional grinder here. I mean, people at home can use these sort of spice grinders and they, they make an okay result. Don't get too fanatical about your espresso if you haven't got a proper burr grinder, which means it's almost like making a milling flour. You must have the two blades because only um, they, they have little pinholes around. When you put the two halves together, it's got pinholes around the edges and so every particle that comes out is the same size. Mm -hmm. 
We need that for a really good espresso. Mm. If you're just mucking about a home and you've got one of these impact things with a spinning blade, mm. it's accidental how many times it hits it. Mm. So one piece will be massive and one piece will be tiny mm. and you chuck it all together and sort of like a brick wall, it still can be tamped and still can you know make a, a half decent espresso. And what you want to happen is of course you tamp this pellet of coffee into the handle. And once you've once you've tamped it in, against... uh, we're just we're just here with with a, a coffee machine. Marco's got a um, a handle in his hand, um, and and in there's a sort of um, the filter. A, a, the filter. Um, it's a bit like a very very small um, table tennis bat, um, and the filter sits inside it. And so and I can see some fine perforated holes in that, Marco. This um, filter is just the start of it. The this is what we call a naked handle, where we've cut the bottom off because I think the more the crema touches metal, the, the less you seem to get. And so for me, I like to extract the coffee directly from the filter into the cup, mm. so it doesn't touch all of this and die. And in fact, if I make you a coffee with this and with this, you'll see such a massive difference. Mm. So you've got the handle, you, you, you put it into the machine, you, you're running some hot water through it, are you cleaning it, what are you doing? I'm heating it, more than anything, I'm heating it. And this is one of the things I think is completely lost in a lot of new people doing coffee. They don't really understand the fragility of the coffee that they're handling. And so they spend ever such a lot of time mucking around with sort of, you know, they take the handle and dry it with a cloth and all this sort of, thing that makes them feel like they're being very very clean and neat i mean if it's dirty clean it obviously but most of the time if you're just cleaning with, with hot water so I... you're, you're rolling water around inside the, the filter you're giving it a shake dropping all the water off you're not really giving it a, you're not drying it i don't want to dry it but no. people are fanatical about drying it for mm. me if you dry it now i don't get any adhesion mm. if you look inside the handle you can see a line i can see moisture yeah, uh, no, yeah. no you can see this line here. oh yeah i see the line that's yeah. so that when i tamp it the coffee goes in there and it makes a water seal oh, i don't like want any water going past that line mm. i want it to extract through the coffee so if you start drying it, what will happen? So you're drying. So he's. So Marco is is grinding at the moment, and um, I know there's something special going on here, Marco. Um, but I can't quite put my finger on it. You've just ground that coffee. Mm. Um, uh, so in the handle, look. You just put the tamper on top, very lightly at first. So the tamper is a sort of is sort of almost a metal weight, and it's the, it's a disc, and it fits perfectly into the handle where he's just ground the coffee grinds into, and he's. He starts very slowly and gently and then begins to increase the pressure. And now there's this sort of a brown flat cap of coffee sitting in his handle. Marco, talk us through it. I mean, at this point I'm burning it. The, the, I can't, it has to go directly into the machine and turn it on. And this is something I see a lot of baristas doing badly. They'll, they'll, they'll put their coffee into the handle, they'll tamp it down nicely. And then they go to the machine and start running water from the head to clean it as if you know, as if the coffee can wait in the handle like that. If you look up, I you can, can see, see no, when we I'm, cut I'm, the bottom I'm... off that when we cut the bottom off the handle, we start to see this black oil coming through, and it looks like oil. And it does it look like oil. Sounds yeah. like oil. Can you hear anything? You can hear. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a trickle and a drip, but, but you can. It's going to get hear. silent now. Yeah. Listen, now it's silent. Now the oil is emulsified with the water, and it's become silent like pouring oil into a bath rather it, it, than water. It looks, it's, it's a very, it's a sort of light brown, isn't it? It's coming through, and is this what you call the crema? Yeah, it's mostly crema coming, coming, it looks like pure crema coming out at this point if we stop it. 
it looks like a full cup of crema. It's 90% crema. Explain to us what crema is, Mark. And crema is just a carbon dioxide uh, floating on top. This, this uh, carbon dioxide is naturally inside the coffee. And when we, when we ground the coffee, we, we used it. As far as I'm concerned, when you grind the bean, you've used it. It's like opening a bottle of champagne. The minute you ground it, you've used it. Mm. I don't care when you drink it. As far as I'm concerned, so as soon as you put this in the grinder, grind it, you drink it. You drink it. Okay. It's like you open a can of Coke or you open a bottle of champagne, mm. you've used it. Yeah. I don't care if it sits in your fridge for three days and you drink it, it's up to you. Mm. But you see the cramers now. No, I'm looking at a, a, actually a glass of coffee and it's about uh, three centimetres deep, the coffee. And the top of it uh, takes up nearly half a centimetre and it's a sort of very light brown it's it's basically it looks like a cream in some way it actually looks like a coffee with with a little bit of milk on top but it's not it's a sort of dark brown layer underneath and then a, and a sort of much lighter brown layer on top and you calling that the crema now i don't often see crema like that on an espresso what is it that you've done specially here marco can you talk about it because you, you're talking about the oils emulsifying with water mm. which is something that nature doesn't do we put it under pressure you're talking about nine bar pressure and you roasted these coffee beans from a blend that you have had amazingly made for you. And yet I can still see on your face that you're not happy. Yeah, it's the first coffee of the day. So I've, you know, the handle wasn't super hot. The handle was probably 90 degrees, not 95. <laughs> I can't believe you know, it wasn't 95, Marco. Yeah, you know, it's just that the first coffee. We've been sitting here chatting. I haven't made a coffee on the machine yet. So we've run no water through it. And, you know, we're, this is an old antique machine. I need to run it run it a little bit for... So what you're going to get me, is, is a very from. astringent, bitter kind of finish on the coffee. Because I made I it. I quite like the smell. I quite, quite like it. Made it too fast. When it comes out too fast, it can be really quite acidic and astringent. Now put it in your mouth. Isn't that just like licking the ball of a deodorant? Oh, that's not very nice at yeah, all. Yeah, you see. Oh, it smells good, but my God, that's bitter. Yeah, so I made it too quickly. It came oh. out too fast. Mm. But you know what? Because now I don't mind because we're going to make another one and another one and another one and watch it change. Mm. Watch it heat up, watch it change, watch it get softer and sweeter every single time you make it now. So we've got beans in the grinder and you've ground that at a particular uh, sort of size. Do you change the size of your grind to change this, to get this bitterness? If you're working on the machine, if the barista's working on the machine, he should be looking at that every single time he makes a coffee, he should think, is that too fast, is that too slow, and adjust. So I want the barista to make millions of tiny adjustments rather than work for three hours. The quality goes down and down and down and down and then massive adjustment and reset, you know, which is what most people do. So what changes are you making now? None. Now I'm just going to get the right dose of coffee because I don't know the first one I pressed. So again, Marco, Marco tamps down very first, gentle. Very lightly. I spin the tamp around at first just to make sure it's all even. And then you go in hard with like a quarter turn, making sure that it's all flat. It's not rocket surgery. You've just got to put powder in there and flatten it. But you've just got to be very scientific about it. Make sure you do it the same way every time. If I put it in a different type of glass, you'll really see a difference now. So now we're, we're looking back at the handle the, the how it goes black suddenly suddenly yeah. the oil appears in the filter but it's not just rushing through they're sitting there it's dripping really consistently from all around it's not particularly focused in anyone here if i was channeling if i had a so what can happen is that you, the, the water will just blast a hole through the coffee and push it out the way and start running through one part i want it look at it straight away it's in the middle for me that's it's 
it starts coming out absolutely perfectly yeah. when, it, when it falls exactly from the middle. And the black lines that you see is the, is the colloids and, and all the sort of oils, lipids and colloids that are in there. And look at this crema, it's impossible yeah. crema. Yeah. Um, I've got a special water filter as well on this machine. Which really well, we're going to talk about water filters another day on the coffee table. But for now, we're talking about the crema that's sitting on top of this. And this crema is nearly a centimetre deep. Right, so Marco's given me the coffee first. Now, I can first of all sense that the glass is warm. This glass was cold, so the first one. So everything has to be hot. So I'm smelling. Yeah, the smell's a little smoother. And We didn't do anything different. Nothing different, but this is much fruitier. It seems to be more alive. What is it that changed? I can't believe what changed. So this is this is it's just it's just hit the right temperature, Harv. You know, we had a bit of a cold handle, a bit of a cold cup, bit of a like um, didn't really plan on making an espresso, and then suddenly we were talking about it, and we made an espresso. So, you know, it ha it does what it does. It likes everything along in uh, along the way to be warm. But that's not, it's not bitter. The first one I tasted was almost bitter to the point where I thought I can't drink that. This one now says fruit, it says chocolate, it, it tastes like cream. Didn't do it, it's just, it's just we, we just made one and threw it away more or less. You know, it's like the first pancake, Arthur. You know, no one eats the first pancake. Mm. <laughs> you know? I, I, I usually do. <laughs> Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927. Okay, so, so now, all right, so we, we've gotten to a point now where we, we've made two coffees, not changed anything other than maybe our attitude and the yeah. temperature. What are you going to do next to, to get this uh, to the next level of espresso? I, I mean, I want to see you do that. That's bloody hard. You're ah. just skipping past it like it's easy. That's actually phenomenal. Right, well, you're going to hold the microphone because I'm just going to jump straight into this. Easily. Watch this. Do you remember how evenly it came out? Now, Marco, you have to interview me now. Yeah. Because what I'm going to show you is I'm going to take the handle out of this machine. Yeah. I'm going to check it. One good bang. One good bang. I'm going to. You know, you know why? You've worked in a kitchen with someone who drives you nuts all day. So yeah, working with someone making. Do I bang. wash this out now? Yeah. Well, run, run it from the head. Now, the reason I ask you to do that is you're doing unwittingly four good things, four good habits all at once. There. Mm. You're, you're cleaning the filter, mm. you're heating the handle, mm. you're bringing oxygen into the boiler, you're running water through the machine, you're keeping it fresh. Now I'm going to grind, Marco. Double cup. There, double cup. And keep still. Let it all fall into the middle like a pyramid. This is a, a grind-on-demand grinder, so it's coming straight from the blades into the handle. Now, look at the coffee there. Bang it so it's a little bit even. Get it so that it's absolutely perfectly even. Yeah, now, if you just steam in with the tamper and mm. press it down, you're going to make all sorts of um, dense points. Mm. So lightly, put that, like, okay, literally so put rest this, it on so top lightly and just heavy, spin way, it round it? so that I'm it just gonna, makes I'm it even. I'm just going to sit it on there and I'm going to turn it. it with my fingers. I'm so you know it's even. And yep. now, yep. as you go down, put, leave your fingers on the bar here mm. around the rim so that as you twist and push down, you don't, you keep the whole thing flat. Are you with me? Yeah, exactly. So you've got your thumb on top of the ridge and your finger the other side. So as you're tamping, right. you know it's flat. Now wipe it. I'm wiping it. I can see. And I think I can see a bit of an angle on my coffee there, Marco. Can you see well, what I've done? I push one one side. If and... that was a, uh, a handle with two spouts, yeah. you'd get one espresso bigger than the other. Ah. But because it's a naked handle, it's not going to matter. Oh, what you're going right, to notice gonna is it's going to start more from the back than the front. front. So put it in. Well, listen, as I've already made a boot. <laughs> Let me just see here. So I'll put, put that in here. Yeah. I've got a that. fresh glass, still warm. Yeah. And here we go. And Down. put it on. But look up. Does it start from the back? 
Or does it start all over? Oh, it started from the back it, there. Did, it showed through the back. You it's see, dripping you... through the back. But now... But it's pretty I'm good. slowly making its way forward into the centre. And now look at that pouring. Marco? That's not bad. It started it. from the bad. back, though. Yeah. You've still got a little dry patch at the front. Yeah. Yeah, now it's too thick there. Water yeah, is very yeah. lazy. It's going yeah. to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So whatever you do... Now, I'm sorry, but that's not going to taste as nice as mine. Mm. Because, because but the crema's looking good. It looks great. You know, yeah. crema is not the be-all and end-all of coffee. Oh. It doesn't mean anything. And there's me getting excited about it. Mean, I mean, if it's not there, you've done something drastically wrong. It looks see. nice. But it's going to not be quite as sweet as mine, I think. You're going to be a little bit more astringent than mine. Oh, my God, yeah. Was I mean, it? it's still fruity, but I see what you mean by the astringency. Yeah, it's a little bit more acidic yeah, than mine, isn't it? a little it? bit more acidic. So it's, you can see... So that's a failure, It's Marco. like... Did I fail in your eyes? No, it's really hard off, but man, I can't do it every I day. I can't believe it. I mean, how did I get that wrong? But it was only the angle at which I pressed it. But this it. is what I like about the naked handle. You look at it, and I tell you, yeah. looking at it, what it's going to taste like. Mm. And you saw, you tasted that, you know, that, that, that sort of acidicness that mm. comes in. Mm, 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 and... Mm. And it's it's because it over extracted a bit more from the back yeah. and not enough from the front, mm. so you didn't get a balanced extraction out. That's all. So we're here now. We've made three coffees. The first one was rubbish. The second one was amazing. The third one was not as good as yours because I made bad. it. It wasn't too bad. Hey, for a first coffee, but though. For a first coffee, yeah. So what then do I do next to improve that? Or what do you do next to improve on this? Because you're talking me through the perfect espresso. I can see the beans have sort of finished in your bowl there. So, so from getting the, 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 the packet of beans open and into the grinder, what, you do? what differences are you going to make now to, to improve on this? Or is this the perfect espresso, would you say? It's hard to talk about what, what I can do to improve it. I can improve the water. I can clean the machine. I can change the blades on the grinder. Mm -hmm. I can keep uh, to small, putting small amounts of beans in the top. I mean, I love it. You go into restaurants and the bean hopper is full to the top. Mm. And you, what a what industry do you see this? You know, this mm. like uh, laziness to to fill mm. up. I, I I remember in the old days you used to sit in an Italian restaurant late at night, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, and you'd hear them grinding for the morning. Wow, yeah, and yeah, you, you yeah, know yeah. what they, what you're making. You're, yeah. You know, it's like opening all the champagne for the next day's party to so save five bloody minutes. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So it's not what I can do. It's what I have to do now to stay fresh. Mm. So I've got to keep this moving. I've got to be busy and I've got to keep it moving. If I try to offer a coffee too expensive or too many choices, I'm not going to be as busy and I'm going to, you know, and, and it's going to build up, it, it's going to get old on me. And this stuff is going old, you know. The minute I open this, it's going off. It's not getting any better, mm. you know. Um, it's, a, it's a very scary thing. It's like, have you ever, I'm sure you've bought truffles. From the minute they yes. bloody arrive, you can't sleep. They're just disappearing on you. Yeah. Thousands of pounds are just yeah. uh, disappearing. Yeah. You asked what it takes to keep it. You've got to be busy. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. busy. You're not going to be making good coffee. Mm. I mean, um, if you uh, fill the thing up with 10 kilos of beans, if you buy too much coffee, your purchasing is a big factor. Mm. You know, like your purchasing is with fish. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you keep your fish fresh? Well, I, I don't buy too much, you know. Um, and so it's, a lot of it's common sense. But I'm very, uh, I'm very aware of what condition my water is in yeah. all the time. I like this. Oh, well, we're definitely going to talk about water. Mm. We're also, so, you know, what we've got here is we've, we've kind of narrowed it down to a really good blend of beans. Mm. Some of them exciting from different parts of the world, perhaps. Then you've mediumly roasted them mm. and then you've sealed them nicely in a bag mm. and then put them up for sale and someone's going to buy them. Which we've done. We just bought some coffee. We ground it in different ways. But you know, let's say, for example, you've got a grinder, or you put it through your little uh, grinding machine at home. Mm. 
and you've tampered it down and you've forced some pressurised water through it hot mm. and you've got yourself an espresso. So there's, there's, there's a recipe for espresso. God, can I remember it? I think it, it was, um, you know, 14 grams of finely ground dark roasted coffee extracted at 25 seconds to a size at 30 cc at 90 to 92 degrees uh, to a volume of 30 cc, something like this. There is, a, there is a recipe, there is a formula. This is being left behind now. You know, people are now saying, sod that, we'll make the handles bigger, we're going to put... 21 grams is what we do at Bar Termini. We, we wanted to exaggerate an espresso, and so we started using 21 grams instead of using the sort of Italian method of just putting robusta coffees, the dark, bitter coffees into your coffee to give it that Italian sort of kick. We went high quality, put too much coffee in the handle, tamp it down so that oil comes out the other end. And we got that kind of really lovely vintage kind of taste um, and you know you've only got to pop around to Bar Italia around the corner and taste what they were doing 60 mm. years ago it's a great museum of coffee Bar Italia go and see they, they haven't changed for years and what they do is what they, it's probably the, the espresso my mum drank when she went there you know um, and so we, we kind of went in that direction but it gives it, it, gives it that, that strength that you want that thickness and there's something really nice about that viscosity I love a really thick small oily coffee and so we can put up to 21 grams you can't put more than 21 grams in a basket they're just not that's, that's your limit basically mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah coffee's changed and people now are making massive massive espresso they're still putting maybe 20 grams in but pulling really really massive shots um, and you know the rules have changed and bended, and, and and I think there's a lot of very old-fashioned people very stuck in their ways, fighting it. And I think you need to let go and just let it go in this direction. But look at the customers; all the cups are different sizes. Mm-hmm. I don't see how people can get so bogged down with this recipe when all the customers have got different size cups you have to take the cup you're going to fill and come up with your recipe that works best for what you've got really and so then does the espresso make the uh, the foundation for every other coffee i mean you've got the americano do you make an espresso and then just put hot water in it to make it an americano is that all it is and then if you're going to go off into the cappuccinos and the flat whites and the macchiatos it all begins with espresso right yeah espresso is is it's an espresso machine Right, I hate it when people call it the cappuccino machine. You know, might as well call it a latte machine. Yeah. So it's an espresso machine. It's high, I mean, in high pressure, and it is there to do something to the coffee that no other coffee, all other coffee, no matter what quality you've got in mind, is washed. It's just washed. If you put it in a Chemex in a washing machine, and mm. it's just washing it in water. Mm. The espresso machine is somewhere where you tamp it down to give pressure. Then the water comes in, and when the water hits the coffee in the handle, there's just two, three seconds where nothing happens. That's your kind of um, um, pre-infusion time. Mm. And in that pre-infusion, the coffee absorbs the water and swells up, and the water and the oil are forced together in this emulsion, and they come out the bottom really lovely and thick like honey. And you, you know, you can't skip that part of it. You can put a lot of coffee in a handle and run it very fast, like the Americans were doing. Um, they were putting 14 grams of coffee because they were have the, the paper cups were so big that they needed huge portions of coffee. They weren't espressos at the end of the day. If you extract it in 14 seconds, it's not an espresso. Anything under 20 seconds, it's not even happened for you yet. And, and so you, you, know, you have to understand what's coming out of that machine. You put the coffee in, you're making this perfect thing with perfect crema. But it's got to taste right. You've got to, you know, it's got to have that balance. It's not just it's got crema, it came out, it must be 
fine. Good, you yeah. saw we made three coffees. There's so many variables here. I'll make you 20 coffees and they'll all be slightly different, different a yeah. little bit, mm. you know, um, it, it, depending on the tamp, the extraction, the, the, they'll all be slight, slight, slight changes. And if you do them, there'll be more, more difference. As you, as you become a good barista, you just turn into a bit of a robot, really, and mm. you just start pressing exactly the same, pouring exactly the same. And, you know, I'm sure you're the same, you know, when you handle an egg or something. You know? In the kitchen, yeah. Well, there is something to say. I mean, the old classic thing is do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah, you do that yeah. too. <laughs> do it again. Yeah. Famous for that. Yeah. Marco, that's perfect. Now we all know how to order the perfect espresso in a restaurant uh, or make a perfect espresso at home. Um, there's a lot of complexities, but um, it, it, if you keep it relatively simple and you follow the rules, you'll get a pretty decent espresso. Marco Rigo, thank you so much for joining us on the coffee table. Uh, this has been the espresso diary. Uh, how to make one, how to drink one, how to, to even understand how it comes out of the handle. So this is Food FM, Arthur Potts Dawson signing off on another coffee table. Join us next time when we talk about milk in coffee. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. The Coffee Table with Lamazocco Espresso Machines, handmade in Florence since 1927.